right, good morning, everyone. Uh, Memorial Day weekend. All right, let's stand on up. See if we can shout it out. See if you can drown us out this morning, y'all.
a God like you. Hands together. Here we go. Come on, put your hands together. This world I'll never give my heart away I'll shout my praise My allegiance and devotion My heart's desire and all emotion Go to serve the man who died upon that tree Only a God like you Praise and all my hope and faith to only the King of all kings. Do I bow my knee and sing? Give my everything. Only a God like you could be worthy of my praise and all my hope and faith. To only the King of all kings. Do I bow my knee and sing? Give my everything. My Father, my Savior, Redeemer, Restorer, Rebuilder, Rewarder, to only a God like you do I give my praise. All right, you know it now, so now you're going to sing real loud with us. Sing it to the Lord. The praises of man, I will never say, I will never ever stand for the kingdom, for the kingdoms of this world. I'll never give my heart away or shout my praise, my allegiance and devotion, my heart's desire and all emotion. Go to serve the man who died upon. Do I do? Do 
I bow my knee and sing Give my everything Only God like you Only a God like you Could be worthy of my praise And all my hope and faith Only the King of all kings Do I bow my knee and sing Here we go Give my everything only my maker, my father, my savior, redeemer, restorer, rebuilder, rewarder, do only a God like you, do I give my praise. Atmosphere is changing now For the Spirit of the Lord is here The evidence is all around That the Spirit of the Lord is here The atmosphere is changing now for the spirit of the Lord is here the evidence is all around that the spirit of the Lord is here overflow in this place fill our hearts with your love So 
Spirit of God fall fresh on us. We need your presence. Your kingdom come, your will be done. on us we need your presence your kingdom come your will be done here as in heaven come on church spirit of God fall fresh on us we need your presence for a miracle in so many areas of our world and so many areas of our life and God we just praise you for your spirit being here with us today as on this weekend we recognize the those for our country who have paid the ultimate price and have given their life up for freedom I, uh, I said during a prayer yesterday and it just came to my mind that that freedom is like sunshine you don't think about it until it's gone and so God we just take it for granted and yet the lives of so many have brought us freedom and they did that in the same nature of your son Jesus who gave his life so that we could have freedom from sin and death so God move in this place and in every facet of our ministry for those who are part of online worship and this very busy travel uh, part of that kicks off the summer for, for many of us uh, God just be very present in your Holy Spirit and as we talk about your Holy Spirit today just touch us and just give us uh, your presence more than ever in Jesus name and everybody says amen all right, at this time, um, our children are going to leave for sh our Shoreline Sunday School ministry, but say hello to those around you.
All right. How you doing? Look at the person next to you and say, I'm glad you made it on a holiday. Look at your second choice and say, I'm glad you made it too. Now look back at Church Online and say, yay, we're glad you're with us. There we go. All right. Good job. Good job. You never know on... Never know on travel holidays what you get, but hey, it's good to have everybody here today. Welcome to Haven Community Church. We want you to just relax. Uh, anybody warm? Okay, it's the Holy Spirit. No. <laughs> so, um, so maybe we'll crank up the air conditioner down a little bit. Crank it down, right? You crank air conditioner down, heat up. Something like that. All right, so it's a little, a little clammy outside. Okay, welcome if you're visiting with us today. Thank you, Donna. If you're visiting with us today, welcome. We're glad that you're here. We want you to relax and have a great time and just connect to, to whatever God has for you here today. Uh, and so um, if you are visiting for the first time or you've been here a couple times and didn't receive this fine gift that I sat at a lathe and made myself um, and uh, some other things, um, but no, if you, I'm totally lying. Um, but if you would like that, uh, just go ahead, fill out your card, and take it to the back as you're leaving, and somebody in our greeters team will get you connected. And uh, again, it's a, it's a small gift thanking you for being part of our, of our worship team. Um, guess what? We don't have spring anymore. Have you noticed? Winter to summer, but I, I'll take summer for a while. It's good. All right. We have several announcements that we have here. Um, our next Haven class will be in September. We'll talk more about that. Um, later, as we have uh, Save the Date uh, Vacation Bible School this year is shipwrecked. We showed a video last week. It'll be July 23rd through the 25th. So if you would like to help with that, um, you can see uh, the information. Um, you can contact Melissa Cohen. Um, hold on, I'm talking. Um, and then, uh, it's my mother-in-law, don't worry. Um, so, uh, I'm not rude to everybody, just her. Uh, so, so, but... Um, but if you'd like to, um, to participate with that, you can see Melissa, um, or you can go ahead and email to info at havencc.org, and they'll get the information to her. 27th? Oh, the 23rd through the 27th. Okay. So Melissa made a, a mistake, um, but that's okay. And her mother tried to correct it. Okay. So um, <laughs> some things don't change, right? Um, all right. So... Uh, Okay, so, um, but then again, the 23rd through the 27th, and uh, again, those who have connected and helped out, love it. It's a great opportunity, and I'm sure you have some opportunities for people to help out, right? Um, so it's, uh, we always have a really good time, and we even kind of feed some of the people that are helping and families, because we know that's a big thing that we did last year. So again, uh, set aside that time to do that. Then we're coming up on August. Now in August, um, we have our Haiti mission trip. That is coming up, and right now, uh, Lisa is carrying the plane, um, so she is moving. Uh, where is she going? Everybody look, that you can see in the back, trust me, Church Online, she's on the very back. So we're on the other side of Raleigh now. All right. Have we made it? Don't make the plane crash, Lisa. Okay, there we go. So our chain, if you're visiting with us, you see our chain. Um, <coughs> just an FYI, we have... Uh, a church last year we went down for a mission trip, and God has just really opened an awesome door, and we have a fellow church in Haiti. They've actually changed their names um, to be part of a, the Haven Community Church family, officially, that was all them, and they are our sister church now. We are headed there uh, August 4th, and each one of those chains represents how many miles? Ten miles? One mile? Oh, these are one mile, and then you can pay... If, if you want to give money to go to that, and I want to thank everybody for giving so far, because you can see we started there, and we're all the way over here now. 
So we need to get it. We're going to get over here and then go back. All this will go to the fundraising efforts and also the ministry efforts that we're going to do down there in Haiti. And um, so each uh, there will be people with baskets. If you would like to give to that, it's ten dollars a chain. Um, if that's you know if people can't afford that group. Duck to neither the person next to you or elbow the person next to you and say, hey, let's go, go in and grab some. Whatever is greatly uh, pleased, and that is everybody in our church is represented down as part of the church family. Um, some of you who have never been to Haiti or never even thought about Haiti, Pastor Oog, the pastor down there, has probably friended you because you're connected to Haven Community Church. So that's how much they care and are part of our ministry. So we thank you all for, for doing that, and we are at the end of service. There will be people for donations. Don't worry, we will let you out if you decide not to give. It's okay. All right. Um, another thing is on July 13th, there will be basket bingo for Haiti, and you can see the information about that as well. Uh, the Parish Foundation, um, June uh, 17th, you can see we're going to be doing the next one, and we'll be serving fried chicken from Redner's Market. And any donations for the food, you can go ahead and do that, or you can add them in the offering plate, or those with Church Online can de- dedicate that online ministry there, okay? So we have a number of announcements here. Let's go to our prayer, uh, prayer concerns um, and praises. Rig and Sarah, pray, uh, praise God. Reconciliation with a son after many years. Um, may the Lord continue to lead us going forward. Praise God. Praise God for that. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, Robin Hildebrand asked for prayers for comfort for Gloria Daniels, Robin's mother-in-law, who, whose husband passed away this Thursday. Uh, Joanna for Donnie and recovery for daughter's work um, through life's trials, and Joanne Edwards and Terry for traveling mercies, and for many who are on traveling mercies. Lauren John White have asked for prayers for the officer Amy Caprio because um, today would have been her thirtieth birthday. We know the tragedy that occurred through there, and we pray for um, God's hand to be upon the family. Um, Carol asked for prayers for her son Daniel. Culver has a court date on Tuesday the 29th, and the court date will have mercy. Um, and so, uh, I'm just trying. Um, and so, um, he also has a brain injury, so we want to give, um, ask for God's hand to be in there. Debbie asked for prayers for the family of Steve Weller. Steve was found deceased on Saturday. Okay, so there are a lot of things, a lot of things that are in there. All right, any others that we can touch on very quickly that we need, Jill? Yes, um, my father, here's the good news. Dad, finally, after bouts in and out of the hospital um, and rehab, um, came home. Um, he was doing well. And mom said today he has a redness on his leg, I believe, and she's, they're hoping it's not a blood clot or something else there. So just pray because he sounds in really good spirits, and he's um, been doing really well, and we'd hate to go, we'd hate to go back uh, for that, all right? Um, anything else? Yes, Michelle. Ricky Wilson. Okay, he's going to be able to walk with his graduating class. We've been praying for him, so we want to thank God for that. And he does have a long way to go, okay? Also, I see Austin here, Austin uh, Riley. He just graduated from Frostburg, right? So congratulations. And, um, and, and I know we also are having some other graduates come up in college and in, in high school. So what we'd ask you to do, if you can... Um, info at havencc.org if you want to go ahead and just send any of those graduates we'd like to know who they are um, whether it's from college or or high school or what have you we'd love to hear hear who they are um, so that we can recognize them in the near future okay all right so we all good okay let's go to lord in prayer at this time god we come to you today um recognizing um how incredible that you are 
and recognizing the ultimate price that was paid by you for our sin. So God, in this room today, we uh, want to celebrate the joys of reconciliation and for healing and for just the ability to freely worship you. Yet God, in the midst of that, we recognize there are those who are dealing with struggles, those who are, who are dealing with illness, those who are wondering what's coming next in life, whether it's financial or relationship or what have you. Whatever it is, God, we know that you are the answer and you can, you can bring us. It may not go away, but we can have peace in the midst of the storm. We just sang a song that said a miracle can happen now because the spirit of the Lord is here. So, God, we just pray that as your spirit is in this room and mixes in our hearts where two or three are gathered, so are you. We just pray, God, that, that your, Holy, your Holy Spirit just move and create miracles. I thank you for personal miracles, that when things look bad and you don't know where tomorrow's going to go, if, if the news is bad, that, God, you make a way and you bring um, complete restoration and healing. And I thank you for that in my own life. I thank you for just um, those who are traveling and spending time with family. But ultimately, we thank you that we are a part of the family of God. And that we're just passing through this world with all its troubles. And you've got a place for us in heaven. And yet even here, while we're here on earth, there's still work to be done. And God, in the midst of that work, I thank you for the faithfulness of your people your people around the world, but particularly I want to thank you for the faithfulness of your people here at Havens who are touching people around the world and in our own community. That we're seeing uh, tragedies and situations happen and we're not just turning a blind eye to it, but we're saying let's go and bring the light of Christ. So God, I thank you for the blessings that you've given us so that we can be a blessing to others. So during this time, I ask for your anointing to be upon the tither and the giver, upon the tithe and the gift, so, God, that your Holy Spirit and your ministry can be done, that our call to mission, the call that you've given to us, will be fulfilled. We praise you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Before our offering, I'd love to, I want to go ahead and, um, and just not be remiss in taking time to honor those who paid the ultimate price um, with Memorial Day. Many of us think about what we're going to do with picnics and other kinds of things, and we have that freedom because there are those who gave their lives. Um, actually, there's a website called Faces of the Fallen that have shown that even in the, the recent um, Middle Eastern conflict, um, that there have been 120 just from Maryland, young people, average age of early 20s, and they enable us to bring freedom and to worship here today. So let's honor them right now, those and those, all those who've gone before, that we have this freedom and live in the, with all those problems, we still live in the greatest country in the world, to have freedom in Christ. So let's look at this.
Good morning. Today's reading is from Acts chapter 19, verses 1 and 2. Paul in Ephesus. While Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and asked them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, No, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit.
here we are, another week, right? Um, it's a week filled with sunshine, not as much rain. Everybody good with that? All right. Did anybody, anybody get sunburnt? All right, okay, there we go. Good. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, I, was, uh, I did a prayer at a, um, at a little league, uh, well, not a little league event, but a travel baseball um, the other day, and they, were, they had a really neat ceremony and, and things there, and there was a kid that was standing there, and all of a sudden I, you hear, hey, get, get water, get water, and this kid just shoom, dropped because it was hot. It was hot every day. He was okay, though. So um, We are welcome. If it's your first time here or you're um, uh, tuning in for a while, we are getting ready to start a new series. Um, it's it's kind of new, but it builds from the last one. Uh, so if you missed any of our Fresh Air series, I, I know some are still finishing up some of the small group. Um, are you enjoying the Fresh Air, though? Did you enjoy Fresh Air? Just kind of was good application kind of stuff. And we do still have some of those books um, that are available, a few of them. Um, and then you can also go back anytime and watch the messages if you'd like to. Um, but we... We are going to spend some time, last, last week we kind of talked about, uh, a little bit about who, who the Holy Spirit is, just kind of decide, um, talking about he's the fresh air um, from that, and that, that launched me in figuring out, okay, the next sermon series that we're going to do is this one called The Third Person, The Third Person of the Trinity. And so you may say, why are we doing this? Number one, because I think there's a lot of misunderstanding, and hopefully last week we were able to kind of sort through some of that stuff and, and to help people uh, deal with some of the things that really the Holy Spirit, we have all kinds of things, but really it just means this fresh air from, from the Spirit of God that is, is powerful. And the other thing that I do that is because we also did our, our um, early membership, our Haven 101 class last week, and in doing so we find out that people come from a lot of different areas. I've, I've never liked the term non-denominational because I never figure that you can be part of the body of Christ and you're off to yourself. Um, I always look at it as, as what I call multi-denominational. In other words, we got a little bit of everything here. Like for instance, um, anybody come from a Baptist background? Anybody? Okay, there we go. I, I see the Baptist. Um, anybody from a Methodist background? There we go. Um, anybody from a Catholic background? There we go. Okay. Anybody Presbyterian? Okay, all right, so there's some Presbyterians. Um, anybody Pentecostal? If you are, raise both hands. Okay, so, all right, there we go. Um, anybody from the Episcopal Church? Okay, there we go. See, I told you we got a little bit of everything. Anybody just a good old sinner? There you go. You just didn't come from anything. You came from sin, and you probably had the best path here, right? Um, so, but um, you may have had, had that. But one of the things is, by, you can just see by the raising of hands um, that we come from a lot of different areas. So not, I don't just speak and say we are multi-denominational. I say that um, we are. We can see that. We are from all different areas. And some of you may be um, part of the old term independent, right? Independent or something like that. Um, the church of what's happening, baby, okay? So, but um, in the midst of that, there's a lot of humor that goes on when we look at the things that we do. And um, I came across this a little, a little uh, years ago, and I decided to bring it back out and thinking about how, how multi-denominational we are here. And I found light bulb jokes, okay? So, um, and it kind of goes like this. How many charismatics does it take to change a light bulb? Only one. Their hands are already in the air, okay? You get it, okay? Um, how many Baptists does it take to change a light bulb? Change? We don't change, okay? Um, how many Pentecostals does it cha- take to change a light bulb? Ten. One to change the light bulb and nine to pray against the spirit of darkness. All right? That's good, good. Um, how many Catholics does it take to change a light bulb? None. There's always candles, so you don't need them. Okay. 
Um, I like this one for those of you who ever went to campfire worship. How many campfire worship leaders does it take to change a light bulb? One, but soon all those around can warm up and it's glowing. <laughs> um, how many Episcopalians does it take to change a light bulb? Ten. One to actually change the bulb and nine to say how much they like the old one. <laughs> how many Amish does it take to change a light bulb? Light bulb? Okay. What's a light bulb? And this one, as a, United Meth, form, as a former United Methodist, how many United Methodists does it take to change a light bulb? We choose not to make any statement either in favor or against the need for a light bulb. <laughs> However, if you're, own, if you're in your own journey, you have found that a light bulb works for you, then that's fine. You're invited to write a poem or compose a modern dance about your personal relationship to your light bulb and present it at the next month's annual light bulb Sunday service, in which we will explore a number of light bulb traditions, including incandescent, fluorescent, three-way, long-lived, and tinted, all of which are equally valid paths to the illuminescence through Jesus Christ. Is that perfect, right? Um, but it's not just, it's not just faith. Uh, it's also others. How many chiropractors does it take to change a light bulb? One, but it'll take seven visits to get it done. How many college students does it take to change a light bulb? I don't know, but will this be on the test? And last but not least, um, let me see, what's this one? How many telemarkers does it take to change a light bulb? Only one, but it'll have to be done while you're eating dinner. Isn't that awesome? There's plenty more. I mean, there's plenty more. You can just drive yourself crazy out there looking. But we do come from different areas, and there's a lot of realness in what we say in each of those. And so that's why it's important, because many of us have had a depiction of the Holy Spirit that in many ways have been wrong. Um, in other ways, it might have been right, but it might have had our own, fl- our own denominational flavor to it, and it may have scared us. It may have made us run the other way. Um, in other ways, it may have just uh, made us think that we are elitist in some way. So I want to try in the next three weeks to dispel that and kind of get us, introduce you to a d- deeper relationship with the Holy Spirit. And as was read to us today, the verse, our theme verse, which was also one of our verses last week, was this. Apollos was in Corinth. That's, that's uh, Peter was in Corinth. So Paul decided to take the inner road. To Ephesus. And there he found some disciples. And when we say he found disciples, these are people who believe in Jesus. These are people who believe in the power of the resurrection. They're people who have been um, saved. And, and here they are. And Paul comes to them and he says, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? To their response was simply this. Here we go. They answered, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And for me, I really believe that there are people, as I shared last week, there are people that are Bible-believing, bought by the blood of Christ, Christian people who have come to faith in Christ and stopped there. And when, if we were to ask the same question, did you receive the Holy Spirit? They would say, we didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. Or actually, we've had 2,000 plus years of Christian tradition where we can go ahead and say, yeah, we've heard about that thing and I do not want to foam at the mouth and jump around and sweat during church. You with me? And so... We, we have this other connotation about what the Holy Spirit is because of how we've given that to other people. And so I want to take the time to really go ahead and unpack this. And so today we're going to talk about the concept which last week we celebrated, which was from Acts chapter, 20, uh, Acts chapter 2 called Pentecost. In Acts chapter 2, verses 1, it says, When the day of Pentecost came. And Pentecost is one of those words that gets people nervous, particularly people in the church. When we say, if somebody says we're Pentecostal, we go, 
Take a little step away from them. We wait to see what they're going to do. Are they going to say something funny? They're going to start laughing. They're going to start shouting. They're going to start. I remember I went to this one Pentecostal church, and there's this big guy, and he was dancing around, and he was sweating, and I was like, oh, my gosh. Right? Right? We get nervous about that term Pentecostal, but Pentecost is simply a day. When the day of Pentecost came, what was that day of Pentecost? It was a holiday. This weekend we have Memorial Day holiday, but there are several holidays in Jewish tradition that were the big ones. Like we have, we have the big ones of Christmas and Easter, and we may say Fourth of July or, some of the, or Thanksgiving. They tend to be our, our three or four big holidays. The Jewish people had something very similar, very similar. And what Jesus did, he took the holidays to portray what he came to do. And so we're going to unpack these today. Jesus, we, we lived in a time for years where many of us may have grown up also with a warped translation of the Old Testament, that we have this God of judgment and hatred and wrath, but we forget that he was always loved, but there was penalty for sin that Jesus said, I came not to abolish the law, meaning the, all the Old Testament, but to fulfill it. And so he uses these three uh, holidays in order to convey what he came to do. Look at what Jesus said right here in Matthew. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. And you see, here's the problem that we have in Christianity. The early church, the Jewish people, understood this. We don't because we don't have, we don't, we, I don't think we go out and have a, uh, a Pentecost tree or have a, have a Passover uh, situation either, right? So I'm going to explain some of these things to you today, and we're going, to look at these, we're going to look at these three holidays, and we're going to unpack them. This isn't original, but it's probably something that many of you haven't heard. Um, and so the reason why we're going to do this is because it reveals what Jesus wants to do in a plan for your life. Everybody good? Everybody good? All right, here we go. So let's look at the holidays. The first one is Passover. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the, 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 the word. You're going to see Passover, and then I'll fill in the blank toward the end, okay? You with me? So you're not going to get the blank right away because we've got some other stuff to do. Passover is a celebration of when the Israelites were in Egypt. They were in Egypt for 400 years and in captivity and slavery, and, and they used them to build all kinds of stuff and to, to help make Egypt the, the, the great country that it is. They were eventually, God did not want them to be in slavery or captivity. So he called and raised up a leader. His name was, anybody got it? Moses, there you go. And if you're thinking of Charlton Heston like I am, he went to, he went to Pharaoh and said, let my people go, right? That's what he did. And so you had all that kind of stuff and Moses got to the point where he's gonna lead them out, but Pharaoh said, nope. He would start and say, yep, and then he'd say no. And then what ended up happening? God provided plagues in order to change his heart, and every time he'd change it, then, then Pharaoh would say, go, go, and then Pharaoh would say, nope, not going to happen. And the last plague was the angel of death, or that the firstborn in all of the area in Egypt would die, including the Israelites, but in order to not do that, they had to slaughter a lamb, a spotless lamb, and take the blood and place over around the doorpost, and if so, the angel passed by. So the angel did this, ready for this? passed over. There we go. Isn't that cool? So that's what the angel did, passed over. So God said, I don't want you to forget this, so you're going to celebrate this as a holiday. Now, how did they celebrate this? Here's what happened. At 9 a.m. for Passover, the lamb was sacrificed. 
At 3 p.m., the lamb was put in the oven or wherever they were going to cook it. And then the sacrifice was to cover the sins of the people. Everybody with me? That's Passover. Now, when we look at this comparison, remember, because I said Jesus wants to make like this mirror comparison to the, to the uh, Jewish people on the holidays to show what he came to do. So let's, how does Jesus use Passover? Let's look. Jesus fulfilled this by, on Good Friday, it was Passover. Remember the night before Jesus celebrated the Passover meal with his disciples, and Jesus, according to Scripture, was, was nailed to the cross at 9 a.m. That's important. 9 a.m., on the cross, he gave up his spirit and cried out and was put in the tomb act. Anybody want to guess? 3 p.m. And his sin, his, his sacrifice, removed our sin. No mistake here, okay? No mistake. This is intentional about what it does. So you can see what Jesus did. Nailed to the cross at 9. Gave his life up, put in the tomb, 3. His blood covers and removes all of our sin. Pretty cool, huh? Oh, don't wait. We're going to get more of this. This is going to be fun. So you say, Jack, you're kind of making this up. No, I'm not. Look at what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. It says this. For Christ our what? Passover lamb has been sacrificed. The Jewish people understood this. We just read right over that and say, oh, Passover lamb. Because we have 2,000 years of non-Jewish Christianity, and we kind of sweep over that, and we've kind of Christianized Passover. I'll tell you how. The Lord's Supper that we celebrate, communion, was a Seder meal. It was part of that meal. And in the early church, they celebrated a meal and did the communion as part of that, in reference to that. So we've lost some of that connection. So what I want to do is bring that back to you today. So what does Passover represent? Passover represents salvation. Everybody say salvation. salvation. Here's the thing. You can be saved God's got so much for you. He's got a lot of other stuff. But here's the thing. And you know, it's, here's the coolest thing. You cannot earn your salvation. It is God's free gift to you. As Dietrich Bonhoeffer, the great theologian, said, it is free. It is God's grace, undeserved love. It is given free to us, but it's not cheap because it costs Christ's life. We can experience salvation. And why did God give this part to us free? Because God doesn't want any of us saying, I'm better than somebody else and achieve my salvation myself. You can do nothing to achieve your salvation. All of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Not one of us can grasp that. We can't do enough good stuff in this world to achieve salvation. Look at what it says in Ephesians chapter 2. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, faith is being sure what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. And, it's, and this is not from who? Yourself. It is the gift of God, not by what? Works. And this is why God did it, so that no one can boast. No one can boast about this. Or no one, it probably should say no one should boast. Because we know some people have done that in the church. And so salvation is a free gift from God. Everybody good with that one? Number two, now this is the main one that we're going to talk about today, Pentecost. Everybody say Pentecost. Pentecost. 
All right. Now I'm going to explain to you. That's what some of us are getting a little bit nervous right now. I feel sitting up a little bit higher right now. Um, some of the Pentecostals, their hands are starting to rise up as we're talking about. But um, let's look at this. I'm going to explain to you what this word means. Penta means five. Cost or costa means to the 10th power. So ready? I'm going to tell you what this scary word means. 50. Everybody scared? Now, I'm getting a little bit more scared of that because I'm 47. So, but, but 50 is that word. Are you scared of 50? I mean, this is stuff that they put on Sesame Street, and we freak out because of 50. But what it basically means is many of us here, you can hashtag this, um, freaked out by 50, okay? And so, but a lot of us are, are just, oh, my gosh, Pentecostal, ah, Pentecost, 50. Pentecost literally just means 50 days after Passover. That's all it means. It was a celebration in the spring, 50 days after Passover. So here's what's really cool. And I didn't plan this. God did. We had our sermon series that was seven weeks from Easter. And guess what last week was? Ah! Right? 50. It was exactly 50 days after Easter. And our series, God made that fresh air series beautiful to end right on that day. So what do we learn? What is, what is the nature for celebrating Pentecost? Pentecost, the Jewish people, was originally centered around the law of Moses. That this was the celebration when the law was given to Moses on Mount Sinai. Those of you who watched the Ten Commandments. I'm going to take you back. Ready? When he's up on the mountain and... I am the Lord your God. I have no other... Right? Okay? What happened at, at that moment? On Pentecost... A cloud descended, and there was fire and noise and, you know, and loud lightning and all this kind of stuff, right? So much so that the Israelites, when they had an opportunity to go to the mountain, when the cloud descended, they said, mm-mm, you do it, Moses, right? So the cloud descended. The other thing that happened at this point, the law was written on tablets of stone by the finger of God. And then when Moses came down off the mountain, you had this whole golden calf image where they were worshiping and reveling. Reveling is nothing good in Scripture. If you really want to know what it means, come talk to me after church. All right? It's not good. And when Moses came down, he lost it. And at that point, 3,000 people were killed of the people who made it out of Egypt. Because of their rebellion against God, 3,000 were wiped out. Okay, so you get that. Cloud descended, noise, smoke, fire. You have law written on stone tablets. You have 3,000 killed. Now let's go to Pentecost 2.0, where they are all in the upper room, waiting on this promise from God. And what begins to happen? The Holy Spirit descends with a loud noise, rushing wind, and fire. Everybody with me? On the day of Pentecost. The law now is not written on tablets of stone, but the scripture says it is written on our hearts. And we're going to talk about this a little bit more in a couple seconds. And what's really cool is when Simon Peter, who had hoof and mouth disease, open mouth, insert foot, filled with the Holy Spirit, stands up. He preaches about Jesus Christ. And ready for this? 3,000 come into the kingdom of God. Isn't that cool? Isn't God awesome? That's no mistake. 3,000, that by the fall of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, those 3,000, God said, I'm doing a new thing because the law is written on your heart. All because of what Jesus did. 
Let's look at what it says in Acts chapter one. It says, after Jesus' suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was still alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days. You said, wait a second, Jack, you said 50. Hang in here. 40 days and spoke to them about the kingdom of God. On one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father has promised, which you have heard me speak about. Just to let you know, the time between when he said wait and the time when the spirit fell was 10 days. There's your 50. There's your 50. And then he said this. For John baptized with water, but in a few days, just to let you know, 10, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Isn't God good? Isn't he awesome? And then he says this, but you will receive power. Everybody say power. Power. When the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. In other words, what he said is, you need my power. You need my power to succeed on the mission that I've given to you. In other words, what God is saying, if you really embrace what I'm giving to you, you can't do it on your own. You need my power. And so you need that. There's work for us to do here today that God, that we need his power. All right, so what does Pentecost mean? Pentecost alludes to the fact that we need power to impact. We need power from God to make an impact and to change the world around us, to make a change make a difference. It's not, you know, it's not even about the style of worship. It's not even about the yelping or the tongues or the, or the hands lifted high or wherever they are. What it's about is the power of the Holy Spirit and the presence of God. Okay, so we good? Everybody good still? All right, here we go. Tabernacles. Tabernacles. Everybody say tabernacles. 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 Now, um, Passover and Pentecost were in the spring. This is one that's in the fall. All right, and tabernacles surrounds around harvest time. Now, some of you may be starting to figure some of this out now. Okay, just hang in here. So it was around harvest time, and it is to recognize the Israelites wandering in the desert. Do you know the Israelites when they left Egypt? If you went as the crow flies from Egypt to the promised land, it's a four-day journey. Took them 40 years, and only two people who started the journey went in at the end. 40 years. So they were wandering around in a land that was not their home. Get it? They were wandering around in a land that was not their home. Actually, it was modern day, probably Saudi Arabia. So how was it celebrated? How is the feast, the tabernacle celebrated? Well, here's what you do. You put a tent or a temporary dwelling in your backyard or somewhere. So if you are an Orthodox Jew, you will actually put a little tent in your yard and you'll stay out there. You'll live out there uh, in temporary tents until the time comes when you're brought back into your home. Okay, everybody good? Because for the Israelites, they wander around for 40 years, and then 40 years later, they were able to enter into the promised land, which was the home that God provided to them. And, how it, and it's celebrated when? At harvest season. Now, what did Jesus do here? Tabernacles 2.0. Everybody say 2.0. There we go. We live temporarily on a temporary earth. This is not it. We're just passing through. This is not my home. This is not my home. We live temporarily on earth, and we have a home somewhere else. And guess where that home is? We have a home in heaven. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. And when I go, y'all will take you there to be with me. That's where we want to be, to our final home in heaven. And guess what? According to Scripture, there will be a great harvest of people. 
And it's already starting. Just to let you know, I found this amazing statistic that the number of people who have converted to Christianity from the year 2000, from the beginning of the millennia, from 2000 to 2018, are more than all the people from Jesus' time to 2000. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that an amazing statistic? We have more people on earth than there have ever been before as well. So we have more people. We have that, But there are more people accepting Jesus Christ in the last 18 years than ever before in history. That is mind-blowing. Anybody blown by, mind-blown by that? And so here's the cool thing. Is Jesus coming? Oh, yeah. When? I don't have a clue. But we better get ready. It's not to freak you out. It's to go ahead and get you ready. All right? So that's what we have. So listen what... It says, what we're talking about is Jesus coming back in the end times. What does it say in 1 Thessalonians? It says, for the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel and the trumpet. Now, i got to show you this. They actually call this the Feast of Trumpets. They actually call this the Feast of Trumpets. And what it basically means is shofar. All right? And this is a shofar. So here's what's cool. So if you hear this. Get ready, okay? Uh, hopefully, it's a twinkling of eyes. So, but basically, it's been a while. Okay, here we go. Hopefully, it's better than that, right? Sound like a, is there a dying cow coming or is that Jesus, right? Um, so, but, but basically, the angel, the archangel, it's going to go ahead and, and give a, a trumpet and a shout. Let me try this one more time. I can't go out without one. Ready? Here we go. Yeah, that's better. All right. So, all right. So, man, I'm losing my, my trumpet lip. Okay, here we go. So, and it says, and the dead in Christ will rise first. You say, wait a second, Jack. We say all these things to be absent from the body is present with the glory. Yes, that's our spirit. But here's what's cool. We get a new body. Everybody say Amen. I can't wait for that, a new body with no love handles. Hallelujah, right? So when we have that, and then you get to eat at that banquet table and not gain one pound, amen, right? We're going to get Pentecostal right now. Um, so, but what we have here is that, that the dead in Christ, that the ones that we put, that believed in Jesus, as soon as they died, their spirit went on to be with the Lord. But here's what's cool. When the trumpet sounds and the archangel yells out, and, and the dead in Christ, boom, they're going to pop out of the tombs, and they're going to take off in a new body. And they're going to meet the Lord in the air. And it says, and then look what it says here. And after that, we who are still alive will be caught up in the air together with them. So we get to fly. I hope I have a big S on my chest. I want one. I got to have it. You know, I'm just saying, I'm doing this. Okay? So when I get there, we get to meet with them. And we'll get caught up in the clouds and meet the Lord in the air. And we, and so we will be with the Lord, how long? Forever. You see, we're passing through. We're passing through. We're living in temporary tents. But we got a home in heaven. All right? What tabernacles, is, what Jesus did with tabernacles is tell us he's coming again. The second coming of Christ. The second coming of Christ. These three main Jewish holidays are telling us something about, very important about our faith journey. You see, because Passover is about the cross of Jesus. Passover is about his sacrifice for us and taking our sin away. Pentecost is we need power for the assignment and the purpose that God has given for us. That there, what he has called us to do is too big for us under our own power. 
And Tabernacle says, hey, the rapture's coming. Jesus is returning. Be ready. Be ready. And see, you know, see, one and two, um, when we have Pentecost, we need, we need one and two to experience, particularly one to experience three. Okay? And if we look at this, church and believers understand the cross, don't we? We understand the cross. We understand the, the, uh, the sacrifice or the atonement at one minute that Christ did for our sins, paying for our sins. We also understand tabernacles. We understand heaven. Anybody not want to go to heaven? So we understand heaven. But I say the one we struggle with the most is the one we live in here. And that's Pentecost, the time now that we have. And so here's what happened. Don't think you're alone because when the Spirit fell on the day of Pentecost, look at what happened to those who were around. And it comes from chapter 2, verse 12. And it says, amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? In other words, they heard it, they saw it, they experienced it, the people around them, and said, uh, what the heck's going on here? Huh? What? And so what I want to do in our time, in other words, God, God needs us to be filled with his power. And so what I want to do in our remaining time is share three, wor- three ways God empowers you. Okay, everybody good? Here we go. Number one, the Holy Spirit empowers me to live righteously. Righteously. Pentecost was about the law, and I would say that we still have Christian people who are trying to live by something outwardly. We've got, we, the, I mean, the Ten Commandments aren't bad. Those things aren't bad, but we try to do them, and we try to apply them, and we get miserable by trying to live it out because we're outwardly trying to place something on us that is weighty. It's like trying to run a race with uh, 100 pounds on your back. You can't do it. You'll do it for a little while, but you're going to get weary. It's like some people, and I would dare say if I took a poll, which I'm not going to, some of you back in January said, okay, I'm going to be a better Christian. I'm going to go ahead, and I'm going to read the Bible every day. I'm going to pray every day. I'm going to worship. I'm going to put these things in practice, and about January 5th, you were done, and you were miserable with it because I'll tell you the reason why. It's because you were trying to take something that you thought you should do and apply it to your life when it's not in here yet. And so what we're, 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 we're trying to do this and not thrill with it because the law needs to be written on our hearts. When we get filled with the Holy Spirit, you have believers who were walking around and who said, have you received the Holy Spirit when you believe? They said, what's the Holy Spirit? You see, they were probably trying, they believed in Jesus, but they were worshiping him as a under the law Jewish person from the Old Testament. And they were trying to do things to work out their salvation. Rather than having the Spirit of God, I can tell you, when you have the Spirit of God in your life, it's a little bit easier when that Spirit that raised Christ from the dead is driving you to do that. It becomes part of you. In Romans chapter 8, it says this, you, however, are not controlled by the sinful nature. And some of you said, mm-mm, you ain't seen my week. Not me, Jack. If I showed you my life, mm, it would be bad. If I said, right here on the screen today is our week, you would say, there's a lot of sinful nature. But he says, you're not controlled by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit of God. If, if what? The Spirit of God lives in you. You see, in the Old Testament, and we're going to use Samson as an illustration. Everybody remember Samson? Strong guy. The Spirit would come upon people and then depart. 
The Spirit of God would come on somebody, give Samson strength, and then it would depart. And so the point when he broke his, it wasn't about his hair, it was about him breaking the last thing in the Nazarite vow. The last thing was his hair. He had done everything else wrong, and now it's just the last one. God said, I ain't doing it this time. And he said, I will go out. He had pride. I will go out as I've done before. And when he went out, he had no strength because the Spirit had departed him. So many of us are trying to live a Christian life that needs to be Spirit-filled, and we're trying to live it as Spirit, come on me to do, and then go. We're trying to live it in the Old Testament way. Anybody getting this? Okay, so what we need to do is to have the, the Spirit living in us because what we see is when the Holy Spirit lives in us, it becomes intertwined with us. And so we're not doing Bible reading and prayer and service out of obligation because we want to be a good Christian. We do those things because it's part of us and part of our nature, who we are in Christ. Everybody good? All right, so, he, so here we go. Let's look at this. Isaiah saw this as a prophecy. Isaiah spent a lot of time with prophecies, uh, meaning that he just saw, God gave him something uh, that, that was the voice of God. And he said, listen to this. He said, once you get introduced to the Holy Spirit, and once the Holy Spirit is living in you, you know his voice. And he tells you stuff, and you can understand. That's why people say, I heard from God. It's not like they're sitting in the room and go, hello, Jack. Put down the soap, and I let me talk to you. No, it's that you have this knowledge he's speaking because he's in you and he says this Isaiah said that when you have this relationship with God whether you turn to the right or to the left your ears will hear a voice behind you saying this is the way walk in it some of you don't know I've heard the story about when I when I left the previous church that I was with in the denomination and I left to start a church and had a group that was actually promising a lot of things and um Love them dearly, but very little of that ever came true. So I left with uh, seven, um, seven, a household of seven. Um, we had five kids. Judah was a baby at the time, um, and they were all young. And I left expecting a salary package that somebody was going to give to me at the time, and just to let you, little to nothing came through. All right? Um, and of some of the stuff that did come through, we had to pay back uh, initially. So I had leaped and found out that I was, like, free-falling. Okay, and I had no clue, and I had to trust in God. Had to trust in God in the midst of that. Well, in the midst of that, there was a mentor pastor of mine down in Lower Delaware named um, Bill Sammons who called me one day and said, Jack, there's this church, and we had started the church. We were just beginning to meet in the dance center, and he said, Jack, um, will you speak at this church? We've kind of taken it over. Eagle's Nest has kind of taken it over. It's a church down in Lower Delaware, and I'd like to know if you want to speak there one week. And so we went down there. We spoke in Lower Delaware. They had tons of land. They had a beautiful facility. They just had, had, had to do some work on people and reaching out and other kinds of stuff. I spoke there. Uh, I spoke about being un unstoppable and did the sermon and left. Later that week, I got a call, and it was from Bill, and he said, hey, how'd everything go? I said, oh, I think it went well, and so and so. And he said, so hey, let me tell you, if you are interested, they would like you to become the pastor. All right, so here I, here I go. I left the United Methodist Church, which always guaranteed me appointment, all right? Um, then I had this other group that had promised things that did not come through, but still feeling as God wanted me to start a church and be involved here. And yet I had this church that had land and property and salary and housing and all this other kind of stuff right there. And in my own nature, that sounds pretty good, doesn't it? And I remember, I remember just praying about it 
And God's saying, no, I got you right where you are. All right? Now, I can tell you, in some of those early days, when you're wondering, you're thinking, hmm, I wonder if that place is still open, right? But actually, once, I, once God finally told me, I said, this is the way. I'm going to walk in it. And if I'm in ministry, I'm in ministry. If not, God will have a way. See what I mean? And not many people know that. That's probably the first time I've ever said that in public. But, and it was a great facility. I wish we could pick that facility up and go, boom. And, you know, we'd have, like, it was like 20-some acres or something. They had a ton of land, a ton of land for everything. What I'm saying is, listen to God and listen to what he says to you in your heart. Number two, the Holy Spirit empowers me to live supernaturally. We were made for supernatural living, not natural living. We spend way too much time in natural living. If you don't believe me, Jesus lived a supernatural life. Everywhere he went, supernatural stuff occurred, didn't it? People were healed, dead were raised, all kinds of stuff happened. And then Jesus, before he left, he said, hey, you will do these things and even greater in my name. In other words, do you believe that Jesus still does miracles? Do you believe that he's still the great physician, that he still heals? Do you believe that he can still do all the things that he did in the Bible and we can do those things and greater? You know, there's a story about a, a Baptist preacher and his wife who decided to get a new dog. And they were thinking about the congregation that they were at and they said, you know what, we need to make sure it's a Baptist dog. So they went around to various kennels and they searched and finally they found an owner who said, yes, pastor, this is a Baptist dog. And he said, well, prove it to me. So he went ahead and he said, fetch the Bible. And so he ran over to this bookshelf, looked, looked at the shelf, reached up, grabbed it with his teeth, pulled it out, and put it on the ground right there by him. The pastor and his wife looked and were like amazed. And they said, look up Psalm 23. The dog took his little paws. Boom, got to Psalm 23. Boom, plopped his paw right there. Well, the pastor and his wife were like blown away and said, this is exactly what we need. So they went ahead and they had the dog and they were having fun doing that. And one night they had several people over from the church and they decided, hey, let's show it off. And so they started doing some of the tricks and the people were amazed. And so all of a sudden, one of the people who was there said, well, can they do regular dog tricks too? He said, I'm really not sure. So he went ahead and he looked at the dog and he said, dog, heal. To that, the dog jumped up, put its paw on somebody's head, and the pastor said, oh, Lord, it's a Pentecostal dog. <laughs> That's funny. I don't care what you say. That's really funny. That's hilarious. <laughs> You're not laughing as good as that is, okay? All right. We were made to live supernaturally. Acts chapter 10 says, and you know that God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and with, what's that word? Power. And then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, all who were spiritually oppressed by the devil. He healed them. He, and Je in other words, Jesus taking on the full nature of humanity and fully God together needed the Holy Spirit to do these things. Jesus gave us the example that we need the Holy Spirit, that we can do nothing without his spirit. First Corinthians said this, 
My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith might not rest on men's wisdom, but on God's power. My preaching does not rest in dog jokes or in, in light bulb jokes or in personal stories. I pray that the one thing that somebody says to me is that my preaching rests in the power of Jesus Christ. I've had people tell me every week, it's like you're just speaking to me, and I'm gonna tell you, it has nothing to do with me. In the Bible, in the Old Testament, God spoke through a jackass, and he does it every week. <laughs> what I'm here to tell you is it's the power of the Holy Spirit. And so when you hear something that is talking to you, it is God speaking right to you at this moment. Embrace it and go with it. When you have that, then God's power will be available in all areas of your life, in your marriage, in your job, and everything else. Last thing here. The Holy Spirit empowers me to live my calling. A life on mission, what we're called to do. Not just for our issues, but a place to help others. That's not what this church is. If this church, if you're coming here and say, I need to fix my issues, your issues will come and go. But the most important thing is that I hope that we are here, that we are about other people's issues. That even though I'm not addicted, that we are here to serve Christ and deal with those who are addicted in the community. That, if there's those, that even though I'm not homeless, that we are here to help those who are. That even though I've got myself together with God somewhat, most of what, that I know where I'm going when I die, that there's those who don't. And I need to do that. Listen to what it says in 1 Thessalonians. Our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with what? And the Holy Spirit with deep conviction. My prayer is that we are all deeply convicted of what the Holy Spirit calls us to do. There's so many people, and as we wind this down today, there's so many people that take the Holy Spirit, and once they have received or reached the level of the Holy Spirit, they've used it as an elitist call. The Apostle Paul said, used, the tongues was obviously an issue back then, because he said, I speak in tongues more than all of you. But if you're just doing that, you're just a loud gong and a clanging cymbal if you don't have anything from God. There's people who say, I have what you want what you don't have, and I'm elitist, and that is just wrong. I'm going to tell you, pursue everything that God wants to give to you. If you don't like it, pursue it anyway. Pursue what God has to give to you. Because here's what I want to, here's what I want to share you, the big, the big tell of today, what the spirit point is today, is simply this. Being filled with the Holy Spirit does not make me better than you. Let me say that again. Being filled with the Holy Spirit does not make me better than you. It makes me better than me. In other words, I can be better than I am if I'm filled with the Holy Spirit and allow him to, to be with me. You got it? Everybody good? You ready to celebrate another holiday? So, all right, worship team, come on up. And I'm just gonna ask that you stand where you are and you just seek where God is in the midst of this and you recognize that you say to Jesus, hey, you know what, I need you and if, I, if I've been one of these believers that doesn't know that there's a Holy Spirit, that's not sure that there's a Holy Spirit. I pray, God, before, before I leave here today that I'll go ahead and, and get connected with that. Let's bow our heads. Lord, we come to you today, and um, once again, thank you for your word. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you for your son, Jesus, and for what he displayed to us. And so in our, our time remaining, we just ask that, you, you, uh, you hit us where we are. You speak to us, telling us this is the way, walk in it. That you, tell, that you convict us in those areas that were needed. But ultimately, 
that we would grow closer to your son and that we would be empowered. God, we got the cross thing. We understand it. And if we don't understand the cross, may we open our hearts to go ahead and experience it. And we give our lives to Jesus in this Memorial Day what a weekend. And what a better time to do that where we talk about people giving up their lives for a greater cause, cause of freedom. And God, today we thank you for your, your cause, giving up your life so that we could be restored to the Father. So that one day I get to leave this tabernacle called earth and I get to go to my, my home in heaven. God, help us not run from Pentecost. It means 50. But God, just let us have everything that you have for us poured out. This world needs it. We need you. In your name, amen. All right, so before we sing this last song, I was listening to the, the word, and God is kind of leading me back to this song. We sang earlier, we sang, Spirit of God, fall fresh on us, and we need your presence. You know, I don't want us to just sing it. I want us to ask it. Can we do that as, as a congregational church and ask God for his presence? You know, don't just, don't just say these words emptily and say, you know, God, you know, I, I had a great time in church today, but I really didn't receive your presence. I want to sing this together as a congregation. Can you guys help me with that? Spirit of God. Fall fresh on us. We need your presence. Sing it out. Your kingdom come. Your will be done here as in heaven. Sing it out. Spirit of God, fall fresh on us. We need your presence, your kingdom come, your will be done here as
We don't have to be afraid. That's Satan's great tool to keep us afraid of something that is from God that empowers us to do the mission in the world. That's why we have this fear of the Holy Spirit, right? Mm -hmm. Don't be afraid of anything God has for you. God wants, he loves you and wants to empower you. And that's why next week, next week our theme is so gifted, so gifted. And we're going to talk about the gifts that God has for you. Everybody have an awesome week. Say to somebody next to you, I am no longer a slave. (laughs) 